Welcome in everybody. We are the Fantasy Football Debaters. We got the new two best podcasters here. Me and Chris. Me, Matt. I'm Matt. Chris, how's it going, buddy? Good, how are you? I'm alright. No Max once again. Don't know what the deal is with that guy. But, once again, I'm very disappointed in him. Andrew is in Florida. He has pre-warned us that he wasn't going to be here, but he has sent in everything. So, not too much shame for that guy. He just doesn't get to defend himself on his picks. But, yeah, you got us today. And we're going to start off with a little bit of news. So, we haven't done news in a while, but Will Fuller has been suspended for PED use, performance-enhancing drugs. So, now we all know why he's been doing so well. But if you have Will Fuller... On your fantasy team, sorry to inform you, you're all Get him out of there. You're all cheaters. But yeah, he will no longer be in your lineup because he will no longer be on your team because he's suspended. You know what the worst part for him is? What? He's a free agent after this season, so no team is going to pick this guy up. Yeah, he's in trouble. But yeah, not... I mean, that that does up the value for my guy, Brandon Cooks. Uh, And and I think, uh, who's our other guy? Cutie? Kiki QT. Yeah, I <laughs> that feel like guy. he'll be the number two now, right? Uh, he should be. Um, but yeah, let's get right into it. I'll start off with the quarterbacks. Number one was Deshaun Watson on the week with thirty three point one two, on a beatdown on Detroit as they won forty one to twenty five. Number two was not a surprise at all, Patrick Mahomes. Both those guys were guys that the Bears should have drafted, but instead they got the number. Don't even know Mitch Trubisky. Number three was a bit of a surprise, though. Kirk Cousins against Carolina, 26.18 points. That's a bit of a surprise. I'm not. Nobody expected him to be up there. And he does have a good game coming up. But we'll get, we'll get into him a little bit later. So what do you got for running backs? So obviously, number one, Derrick Henry with 36.5. Yes, sir. Uh, he had three touchdowns, didn't he? Yep. Yeah, ridiculous. In the first half. Yep. And then number two, Antonio Gibson, 31.6. And then my main man, Nick Chubb, 23.6. Not bad weeks for any of these guys. Mm-hmm. And that's that's about it for the top three running backs. All right. So for receivers, we had a very exciting finish with Tyreek Hill, 44.9 points. All Most of that coming in the first quarter. Number two... Was our main man, Will, Will Fuller. Fuller. Yes, sir. Will Fuller, number two performing receiver. However, they must have wondered, how did he get 29.1 fantasy points? <laughs> and it's it's because of the performance-enhancing drugs. So, see you later, Will Fuller. We're going to emit you from our list. So, we'll go with Jarvis Landry, 20.3 against Jacksonville. Bit of a surprise. And we will add in the fourth one to replace Will Fuller. A-Rob. It was, yep. Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson for the Chicago Bears in a horrendous loss. Will full of uh, PEDs. Yep. See, we got tight ends. Robert Tunyon, number one. He was uh, 12.7 points. Evan Ingram had 11.4. And Rob Gronkowski had 10.6. So a couple surprises there in the top two. Tunyon has played pretty well this season, but... Ingram has not. I know we're only doing top three, but this is kind of surprising because this is the first time I've looked at the tight end list. Trey Burton 
came in at 10.2, so not too far behind Rob Gronkowski, and that's very surprising to me because I don't really think he's done very much of anything this year. He's He does have a few touchdowns. He had one good game against Cincinnati. He had 18 points that week, and yes. then this past week he had... That was his second highest scoring game. Yep, Trey Burton, but that is because Philip Rivers loves his tight ends over there, and Moelle Cox has not been getting it done, so he stepped in. Another guy, another surprising guy, another ex-bear on top, but Trey Burton who caught a touchdown. I believe Shaheen caught a touchdown again. Who does Shaheen even play for? He plays Miami? for Miami. Yeah, he had a seven-yard touchdown. That was probably his only catch because he yes. literally had 6.7 <laughs> points. Yep, 6.7. But that's enough for stats. We're not going to go into the kickers today. No need. No defense. Nope. Don't worry about it. So we'll get into the waiver wire pickups. My first one is going to be a do not pickup. I am not going to pick up Kirk Cousins off that good game. I was going to say that. He does have a good game coming up, so it is possible that you can play him for one game. But he has a very bad playoff schedule. So we're going we're gonna to start talking more about playoffs in the next coming weeks because obviously we're headed into the playoffs. But that was a good game against Carolina. Who Didn't has... we say earlier in the season uh, Kirk Cousins had a really good game and, we, and Andrew specifically said, do not pick this man up? Yes. He's been, he's been better in this back half, but his matchups coming up, Jacksonville, very good matchup. But after that is Tampa Bay, Chicago, and New Orleans who are much better defenses than Jacksonville or Carolina. So you're not going to want to take him in your playoffs. If you, need a, if you need a quarterback for a win on the last game, it's possible, but you're not going to want Kirk Cousins for the playoffs. He has a very bad playoff schedule. So that leads me into my second one. My second, my, well, I have two more. They're both pickups rather than do not pickups. But my first one is going to be RG3. Now this one comes with a warning. He's only 0.9% owned. Lamar has the corona. <laughs> so, Lamar, well, he's on the corona list. Don't know if he has it, but I'm assuming he does. We don't know how long he's going to be out for. So, RG3 could be a good pickup. If you have Lamar, RG might, RG3 might be your only option here for this week. Because they, they will be playing on Wednesday. So, we do not know the end of that one as we're recording here on Monday. But I would keep an eye on RG3 because he'll step into that role. He is a rusher. He's more seasoned than Lamar. Probably a little better at throwing the ball. Well, I think that'll work out a little bit better for the Ravens just because it's not too far of a stretch between the quarterbacks just because of their play style. Exactly. I'm not saying similar. I'm not saying that RG3 is, you know, Lamar Jackson like, but He's 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 a running quarterback just like Lamar is. So yes, it fits their scheme. Yes, but the other thing that you have to look out for is that they have a lot of COVID going on in their team. So they're already got pushed back from Thursday to Tuesday, and now oh. from Tuesday to Wednesday, and their next week game already got pushed back to next Tuesday. So we don't know if they're going to be playing these games. So the, he might be somebody to steer clear from because of that. But if you have no other options, I believe RG3 fits very well, like Chris said, into the offense, and he should be just fine. My last waiver wire pickup is going to be Debo Samuel. He had a pretty big game here without a touchdown, but he is only 41.6% owned. He had 14 point, well, 13.3 points against the Rams. He had 13 targets and 11 receptions for 133 yards. And that's against the Rams, who have a very good secondary 
very good defense overall and they should he should he should be just fine as long as he could stay healthy so i believe he's a good pickup he is owned in a little bit higher but less than 50 percent. so if you can go out and get debo that's all i got chris i only have one this week i've got alex smith the only reason i chose alex smith is because there have been quite a few quarterback injuries as well as the covid list so he hasn't really done that bad ever since he's, he came back in and started start well started to start again, I guess would be the way to say that. But I only put him in here just because if your team has had any of those QB injuries or put on the COVID list or whatever the case is, he could be able to help you out for the last couple of weeks. He's only 3.5% owned. And as far as his stats go, he had 16 against the Lions he only had uh, 8.34 against Cincinnati and 8 against Dallas. He is playing Pittsburgh this week, which is the number one against quarterbacks. But if you're really struggling and hurting for a quarterback, you could pick him up. Otherwise, you could you could go with uh, RG3, like Matt said. And I from last week, I, I'd still I'd probably rather take a guy like Taysom Hill rather than Alex Smith. It's just Alex Smith. He's He's not going to get you elite points, and he could he could really throw a dud out there as he. You seen. could also pick up Trubisky. <laughs> you could, you could, but I would not. I would recommend against that. <laughs> I would recommend against every player. Anyone on the Bears? <laughs> anyone on the Bears other than Allen Robinson and maybe David Montgomery? Yes. Those are those are the only two on the Bears that I would ever consider taking, unless you're picking a defensive player. Yeah, so, I mean, Roquan's been pretty good defensively. We added in a defensive player this past season. It's messed with NFL.com a little bit, but I think it's pretty fun. I do I do like it, I will I will admit. So, is that it for your waiver wires? I only had the one. Okay, so, Andrew, this one is a little bit of a selfish play here from Andrew because he snagged him before he officially announced it here. He picked up Benny Snell already, and then he wrote it down so that none of us could steal him from him. He says <laughs> that James Conner has COVID. He's only Benny Snell is only nineteen point nine percent owned, and he like he would like to tell you to get him early before he goes. And I think that is a good pickup. And that is exactly what Andrew did. Yep, <laughs> he picked him before any of you guys could even get him. So if you're listening, you're in our league. Sorry for that one, Andrew screwed you. But yeah, Benny Snow. I think that's a pretty good pickup. Nothing too bad to rip on here. He's he's played pretty well the games that I've seen him play in. Yes, and last he played earlier this season, didn't he? I believe so. When Connor was injured, but last year when Connor was injured, almost the whole season, Snell came in and had a bunch of good performances. Did Max send in any waiver pickups? Max has Max only sent in picks, so we don't have to worry about him for any of this. Like primetime lock and upset that, yes. those picks? Okay. So that's going to be it for waivers. So we can get into the stardom sit here. Once again, I'm going to be bringing you a quarterback who is very questionable for kind my start. Controversial quarterback start? Yes. So I have RG3. That was my original one. That's not the controversial one. I decided to put in a second one just because I don't I'm not 100% sure if RG3 is going to play and this one this one's going to surprise some people. But if our 
I would rather take RG3, but if you can't, if RG3 isn't going to play or whatever, or you don't want to take the risk on him. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Chris just t- t- <laughs> took a look at my picture. He actually, he didn't play that, he didn't play that bad. No. Okay. Well, we'll get, we'll get into who we're talking about. Mike Glennon. <laughs> Mike Glennon, we don't know where he's been for the past few years. He is on Jacksonville. We had to look that up to find that out. But Mike Glennon has not career-wise been very good. But this past game, he played Cleveland, who is not really a joke defense. They're not great by any means, but... Middle of the road. Yeah, they're, they're about middle of the road. But he had 235 yards and two touchdowns against Cleveland. That's 18 fantasy points. I believe that Mike Glennon is actually a good... A good solid... Has a good solid baseline. He's not gonna. He's not gonna blow your week up. He's pretty safe. He does. He throws the ball pretty safe. He added six rushing yards. It helps you out. Point wow. six. <laughs> but yeah, he ended with eighteen points on the dot, and I believe that he's just an average quarterback who's gonna have an average week every week. But he, I believe, he does have a good matchup this week coming up. He's playing Minnesota. You think he'll get at least seventeen? I believe. I believe eighteen is pretty much gonna be his average i mean right around there that's not that's i could not see bad. him but that's... i could see him anywhere between 15 and 20 well i would take that over kyler's 7.9 this week <laughs> i don't know if you're gonna want to start mike glennon over kyler murray but <laughs> definitely not i'm just saying this in terms of this week yes i would have i would have yeah. started trubisky <laughs> so then my sit of the week is going to be baker mayfield he's coming off an almost identical performance in the same game, he had 18.42 points, but they played Jacksonville, who is number 30 on defense. So a very, one of the worst passing defenses in the league. And he only got 18.42 points. Next week, they play a, only two spots better, but they play Tennessee, who's number 28. And teams are historical for this season for lighting it up, throwing the ball when playing Tennessee. However, Baker Mayfield does he he has a low volume. They they run the ball all the time. They're very good at it. They have Conklin, the offensive lineman, Nick Chubb, and Kareem Hunt. That's the main focus of their game. He's a guy like Ryan Tannehill is, but he's worse. So I would not I would not be starting Baker Mayfield. He's too unreliable. They could they could win the game. I mean I don't think they will against Tennessee, but they are so focused on the run game. Unlike t- Tennessee, will actually throw the ball. But Baker Mayfield can't be trusted, so he's going to be in not in my lineup this week. That's it. That's all you got for quarterbacks? Yep. All right, for my quarterbacks, I've got – I'm going to start Cam Newton. He's playing the Chargers defense, which is number 25 against the quarterback. I, I feel like it'll be a good bounce-back week after his abysmal I – wouldn't, I wouldn't say abysmal, but he only got 3.96 points against Arizona. That's pretty abysmal. Okay, yeah, that's pretty bad. So I, I feel like it'll be a pretty good bounce back week. The Chargers defense isn't anything special, obviously, and we all know the type of player that Cam Newton can be. So I feel like he'll be a pretty good start if you want to start him. My sit, I only have one for each, by the way. So my sit is going to be Carson Wentz. And he, the only reason I said Cam Newton's performance was abysmal because I had in my notes that Carson Wentz is just downright abysmal. So I, <laughs> I accidentally, you know, read read the line below it. But yeah, Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz all season long has just been abysmal. Yes, and he he's playing right now, so we don't know his outcome, but he has looked very bad up to this point. 
playing the Seahawks, who do not have a good defense. I think his only touchdown so far is Goddard, isn't it? When we stopped, yeah. Uh, that was a touchdown. That was, that that was the first half. He only right. had one touchdown. He looked terrible. He got his st- offensive line is very bad. He's running for his life back there. Yeah, he's gotten he's he takes he takes more hits than anybody I've ever seen. I think yes. more than the Bears and the Bears the Bears line is just awful. And so. he is just a turnover machine too. So he is going to throw an interception. It's almost a guarantee per game. Is that it? That's all I've got for quarterbacks. So for Andrew, his start is going to be Taysom Hill versus the number thirty one Falcons. So I was thinking about starting Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill, like we talked about last week, comes with risk. You don't know their game plan. He was benched in this past game. It could be because they didn't want him to get hurt because they were winning so much. But he was he was taken out late in the game for unknown reasons. So you never know if Jameis Winston might get the start. Sean Payton isn't exactly up front with these sort of things. So I believe t- this should be a good matchup for Taysom Hill as the Falcons' defense is not not good in the pass nor the run game. Well, actually, no, they are good in the run game. They're number four against the run somehow. I feel like Taysom Hill only, he didn't have a horrible week. He had 17, 17.5 points. I feel like he only did that well because they were playing Denver. Denver's defense isn't isn't bad. They're number 15. But I feel like Taysom Hill really shines more when when he's got Drew Brees and he's put into that sort of a running back type role at, or yes. like, what, what, do you, what do you want to call him like a wing back uh, just like a swiss army knife yeah he's he's, he's pretty as. versatile but i feel like he shines more obviously being a starting quarterback and getting the ball every single play he's going to get more obviously touches yeah, fantasy points in general i just feel like he shines more when i guess i mean it's all fantasy based so him being a starting quarterback. I, I have a problem with, with starting Taysom Hill this week just because Taysom Hill has not thrown the ball really at all. Well, he's They've playing, ran it so much. He's playing Atlanta in the last... He played Atlanta two weeks ago and he got 24. And he's playing Atlanta again this week, so... But I don't believe he started in that game. I don't believe he was the quarterback. Because this was his first week as a quarterback. Oh, was The it? starting quarterback, I believe. Okay, I'm not... I'm not too. I'm but not too sure. the the problem with Atlanta is that their de- their run defense has been pretty good, and Taysom Hill does not throw e. the ball particularly well. Yeah, he was nine for 16, 78 yards, one pick, zero touchdowns, and three sacks. Exactly. So may- that could be the reason that Jameis he, Winston. He did have two rush touchdowns though, and he did fumble it. Yep. That that's what I'm saying is that he's Taysom very Hill, high risk. Yeah. He, yeah. He's a he's very high risk. So like we, me and Andrew talked about this last week that. We were, we were debating Brady and Taysom Hill, who you would start. And I said that in that game, Taysom Hill was the safe start and Brady was the boomer bust kind of player, which turned out to be pretty true. Hill had almost exactly what we projected at 18 points. But this week, I, I believe he's much more of an unknown. I think he's much more of a risk than, than the upside that he carries. I don't believe he has very much upside. I don't know why they don't use Jameis and then Taysom as they usually would. I mean, that would hurt Taysom. You wouldn't be able to start Taysom Hill. But I'm just saying in terms of the the team in general, yeah. That's, it's tough. It's too hard to predict. I'm, I'm going to keep Taysom Hill out of my lineup if I can. If you can find somebody better. Like, I would rather start RG3. I would, I would honestly rather start Mike Glennon just because he's probably safer than Taysom Hill is. Taysom Hill could easily get benched, not even play. And they're not going to tell you either. They could bring Taysom Hill out for two plays, 
bench him the rest of the game and only bring him in on his usual packages. If you start him as your quarterback spot, you are screwed. <laughs> but that that's uh, Andrew's QB start. His sit is <laughs> a straight contradiction to you. His sit is going to be Cam Newton versus the twenty number 25 Chargers. Andrew says he has a good matchup but can't perform. If you look at Cam Newton's stats, he had one bad week. I well, okay, I'm not gonna say one bad week, but so this week. So by our definition of bad week, how many did he have under 15? He had so against Arizona, he had 3.96. Against Houston, 19. Against Baltimore, 16. The Jets, he had 24. Buffalo, he had 18. His last bad week before that was Week Seven against San Fran. Yep. So now he's playing the Chargers, which is the number twenty-five against the quarterback. So I feel what, like that's what, what did he get against Buffalo? Eighteen. I feel like that's why I'm saying the reason I put him as my start of the week is because knowing the type of player that Cam Newton is, I feel like it could be a good bounce back week because after his negative point one eight against San Francisco, the very next week against Buffalo, he scored eighteen. Yeah, so I, I I believe he's kind of a risk too. I'm kind of on the fence here of whether I would start him. But it's it's such an enticing matchup. I mean, I don't know if Andrew's right on this one. He has Cam Newton, so he has a little bit of bias towards him in the fact that he hates him. Because he has, I believe the one game he put him in, he sucked. But I don't know. I That's a tough one. I think we're going to have to leave that up to the listener to decide. They got both viewpoints here. But yeah, that's it for Andrew. So we'll get... We'll go right over to running backs. My, I have three once again. I have two sits. But my running back start of the week is going to be David Montgomery. Now, not many people like David Montgomery. I, and Chris is in that crowd. I like David Montgomery mostly because he's on my team. I have to believe in him because he's my only other running back besides Derrick Henry. But he did pretty well against the Packers. And if they would have used him correctly, he would have done much better. But David Montgomery is now playing, and their Packers are number 31 against the run. Uh, so the number 32 team is the Lions, and guess who they play this week? The Lions. So just based on the matchup, I believe David Montgomery should have a good game, plus the fact that this is a game that they should be winning. I mean, who really knows if they're going to be winning? They just, the Lions just fired their uh, GM and their head coach, so it's gonna be a whole new system. It maybe unless they put in an interim head coach from whatever staff they had left. But see the the thing about that though, that's what scares me. If it was Matt Patricia, I would be all in on David Montgomery because they don't know how to cover, they don't know how to play Trubisky. That guy just is not a good coach. But because of the fact that we don't know who the coach is, we don't know how to plan for them as our team. So I don't know if the Bears are going to be up because so far this season, teams that have switched head coaches have done better after they got rid of their head coach. Atlanta did better as soon as they got rid of him. Not as soon as they Houston, got rid of him. yes. And Houston, they, they started winning. They were 0-whatever. I think they won the first... No, they lost the first game as their new with their new head coach, and then I think they won maybe one or two, and then they dropped a couple more. And maybe they've been on a win streak now. I haven't really been following them that closely, but... But they be, they're definitely better than they were with the guy and with Quinn. And now uh, Houston. Houston has been better. As soon as they fired their head coach, they lost their, they lost <laughs> their first game. 
but they looked much much better. So I I'm a little worried about that, but I don't I don't think that a coach coming in is going to be able to stop David Montgomery. He's I believe he's a decent back on a bad team, but I believe he he can he's going to be in your lineup this week. I Detroit make, is dead last against I, the. Run. I just want to make one thing clear. All right, when David Montgomery came out of college, I was very excited. I thought he was going to be very similar to. Do you remember Thomas Jones? Yes. I thought he was going to be very similar to Thomas Jones. And regardless of the line, the line... That's the statement right there. The line obviously does not help. Well, okay, we'll save it. We'll save it. More on that later. So I'll get into my two sits. Kenyon Drake is going to be my first sit. Now, this is a little bit of hate because I dropped Kenyon Drake. (laughs) And a division mate picked him up and played him against me, and he's been doing well. But I do have actual facts to back it up. Kenyon Drake is coming off of two decent games. He had 12 and then 20-something. And Kenyon Drake is playing the Rams this week. Good against the run. They're number six against the run. They're just a good defense in general. Arizona's offense is going to have to throw it because they will most likely be losing. And Kenyon Drake shouldn't have as much success as he did last week. And he he barely squeaked into the end zone too last week. Those two times wasn't it a catch? He, it was a receiving touchdown. Wasn't it, it might have been, but the one that I saw, he barely got in. He's very lucky to have gotten in. He didn't. He didn't even break a hundred yards. Him and Chase Edmonds split the the touches pretty evenly. I, I believe uh, Kenyon Drake had fifty three percent of the snaps and. Chase Edmonds had 47, I believe. Yes. And Chase, that that's another point to add is that Chase Edmonds is the better receiving back. He's much better getting the ball when it's thrown. So I believe that in a tough game like this, it's going to be the Kyler Murray show. He's going to have to throw the ball. I believe big game for Hopkins, big game for... Uh, Kirk. Maybe, maybe Kirk, but I, I just completely blanked on his name. Kyler Murray... <laughs> Kyler Murray should have a big game too. And I don't believe Kenyon Drake, while he will get some points, he's not he's not going to be effective on the ground. I believe he's going to be held to less than four yards of carry, and he's going to have a tough time out there against a good defense. My second sit is going to be Latavius Murray. Coming off a 22-point week, they played Denver. So the problem the problem with Latavius Murray is that they benched, they basically sat Kamara in this game. For so you're unknown reasons, all of his points were like garbage time. Not garbage time, because he but he played most of the game, and because Denver didn't have a quarterback, I believe the Saints knew that they were probably going to win the game, and they probably didn't want to get Kamara hurt. That's the most likely explanation in my mind. So Kamara got almost no work that game. Now, now that they're playing Atlanta, who is has their quarterback, has their offense, is a real team basically. Not a good team, but a real team who could score points. Kamara's going to be back in the game. Latavius Murray is not going to be. And like I said earlier, Atlanta is number four against the run. So I believe this will be a big game for Kamara. And I'm not going to start Latavius Murray just because the only reason he had those points was because Kamara was not playing very often. That's it for me. You want me to start or are you going to go with two Rangers? Okay. So my start of the week is going to be Wayne Gallman. He, the last four games that he's played, 
over the last five weeks, there was a bye week in there, but the last four games that they've played, he's been very consistent. I believe a couple 12-point games and some 15s and I think an 18 in there. Not, you know, Derrick Henry performance type things, but he's gonna he's a guy that's going to get you solid points, and I believe he's going to continue that. He's playing... Ah, jeez, I forgot to put who he's playing on there. That's my fault. Anyway, uh, I'll just skip past it. I just... You could start Wayne Gallman. He's going to be consistent for you. Um, yeah, he's kind of taken over that Saquon role a little bit. Not not to the extreme that Saquon had it, but he has filled in nicely. He's been the best back out of the committee, and he's really taken over as the lone back lately. Who do they even? Who are their other running backs? They had uh, what was his name? Alfred Morris. I was it Alfred. Oh Morris? yeah, they did. That's and they had right. one other guy. I forgot who it was, but nobody, both of them were nobody special, and neither was Gallman, honestly, until he started to prove it. Yeah, I, but they've they've kind of shifted away from a committee and gone more single back, and it's been Gallman. Well, I was starting Chase Edmonds for a while just because of the Kenyon Drake, uh, high what was it, a high ankle sprain or whatever. I was starting Chase Edmonds, and he was doing well, but now that Kenyon Drake came back, I needed another solid running back, and Wayne Gallman has definitely filled that role for me, and I'm I'm gonna start him again this week. I agree. My sit is going to be Antonio Gibson. I know he's coming off of a of a huge game, but he's playing on uh, Pittsburgh this week, and they're number two against the run. I don't think that you know Pittsburgh is. They're still, you know, barring their potential not playing the next couple weeks. They're still and COVIDness, <laughs> right? They're they're still the only undefeated team. Yeah. And, and and they they did just play Antonio Gibson did just play Dallas who's right just awful <laughs> right so I'm not saying Antonio Gibson is a bad back because obviously he's proven more than once this season that he's he's a rookie and I feel like he's got very a very high upside and he's he's gonna be he's gonna be a good back in the league but this week against number two Pittsburgh I don't believe he's gonna he's gonna have a very good week no and he he had some monster runs he's not he probably won't have as many monster runs but. I believe he will have some receiving work. I he might be serviceable, but he's not. He's I, definitely I not going to get you another thirty-one. No, he's he's not. He's gonna he's gonna regress very far in this game. I believe he'll end with somewhere around ten, probably at best. Pittsburgh's a tough matchup. Washington does not have a good offense. They have a good defense, but I expect a very low-scoring affair in that one, as long as they could stop Pittsburgh. Otherwise, it might be a blowout. I yeah, think, I, I agree. Think, I think Pittsburgh's gonna dismantle them i think it's going to be closer than what most people think if if i were a betting man i would go with the under no matter what it is basically <laughs> you could be a betting man it is legal <laughs> no thanks i like to keep my money <laughs> and as you can see from my pick em record yeah I, andrew I, I would have lost andrew, just as much as i would as andrew I needs to start getting in on some picks. yes he does so that that's it for you that's all i've got for running backs all right so for andrew he is going to have Gus Edwards versus the Cowboys. And I agree wholeheartedly with this one as long as J.K. Dobbins is not back and Mark Ingram. If they're back, you're gonna, if, you, if you have Gus Edwards, you start him un, even against Pittsburgh on Wednesday. You start him until the other guys come back. But once J.K. Dobbins comes back, you're not, you're not going to be able to trust him anymore. So monitor them. I agree if the other running backs are gone, Gus Edwards is a good start. Especially against the Cowboys. And then he also says Lamar Jackson has COVID, so expect a bigger workload, which I also agree with. 
his running back sit is going to be Duke Johnson versus the Colts. Uh, Duke Johnson just had a pretty good week, and he's been not terrible as a fill-in for David Johnson. But Duke Johnson is playing the Colts. So off that good week, the Colts have a very good defense. However, we just heard that the Colts did not have their whole defensive crew in there. They had about seven guys so missing. Yeah, seven guys missing. So take it with what you will. I mean... A grain of salt, if you will. Duke Johnson isn't anything special. The only thing is that with Will Fuller gone now, I mean, who's, who else is going to get the ball? Somebody's got to get the ball. And he's C- a receiving back. So. CCQT, Brandon Kiki. Cooks. Kiki? I believe it's Kiki. I believe it's K-E-K-E. Oh, okay. I don't think that comes out with this sound. <laughs> but yeah, that's it for him. So moving into the receivers. My start is going to be a guy that I have not talked about at all this year, really. Jarvis Landry. He is. I think you've been against Jarvis Landry. I have. I have mostly been against. Well, I, I liked Jarvis Landry at the start of the season, but I think you liked him more than OBJ. I I didn't. I never liked OBJ. I know why. Well, that's what I'm saying. I yeah. I remember talking about OBJ, and I think that you said something about Jarvis Landry back then. But other than that, I haven't really heard you talk yeah. about him. Yeah, Jarvis Landry has done nothing as of late. He's done. I mean, besides this week. Before that, he has done nothing. He played Jacksonville, or he played. Yes, he just yeah he just came off uh, a twenty point game against Jacksonville. Jacksonville was number thirty, I believe, or somewhere around thirty against receivers. And this is going to be contradictory to my quarterback sit. I I am sitting Baker Mayfield after a a decent game, but Jarvis Landry is basically his only good receiver. So even though there's a low volume, which is what I said about Baker, there's a low volume. He's the only receiver there. And Tennessee lets up just a ton of points through the air. So even even though they are a running team, all the arguments I said against Baker Mayfield don't apply as much to Jarvis Landry because he's the only receiver that is going to catch anything. I believe he is another decent flex option this week, and he should have another decent game against a bad Tennessee secondary. And my sit is going to be Amari Cooper. He just came off a very big game too. But he plays number four Baltimore. Now, Washington team was number three. But Amari Cooper had a good game, but he's so inconsistent. Can you trust him? You're going to have to make Can you trust the guy throwing the ball to him? No, Andy Andy Dalton. Dalton, Definitely not. It's very tough to predict this guy. He's been off and on all year long. Especially with all the other receivers that they have because you never know who's going to have the good game. Exactly. And even back when uh, Prescott was throwing the ball, Amari Cooper was still unpredictable unreliable and i believe baltimore is a much better team than washington even though washington's defense been, is better he's been consistently un- inconsistent yeah exactly <laughs> so amari and that's i mean that's what he's been for the last couple of years now but amari cooper it, it's going to be a tough game for him against baltimore and that's even if they play i would if you are in this is going to have to be up to you if you believe that he this is a good matchup for him or you believe in him, which I don't. That's why he's on my sit list. I traded him, actually. But if you believe that... Who did you trade him for? Herbert. Oh, that's right. Him and Hollywood Brown for Herbert. But if you believe in him, then you could start him. But I would get a backup just in case they end up not playing. I would get a backup and put him in in front of him either way. But if... Trubisky. <laughs> I don't know if he's... If he's 
really uh, defined as a receiver. <laughs> I don't care. Any, but any pickup is going to be Trubisky. That's uh, that's what. That's all I got for receivers. All right, my my uh, start for receivers is going to be Robert Woods. He's playing Arizona, which is twenty three against the receivers. I feel like it's a pretty good matchup. He's been pretty consistent all year long. And I think I think I've talked about him once before. I believe he was a start for another week, but I believe that this is a pretty good matchup for him, and I feel like it's gonna be he's I feel like he's gonna have a pretty good game. Now Yeah, he's been he's been the best receiver, which I believe I predicted at the beginning of the season. For that team? Yes. I feel like I remember you saying something about that. Anyway, my sit this is a this is a guy that I have I don't remember if it was last week or the week prior. Devontae Parker. He's on my team. I hate the man. I wish I would have dropped him. And I accidentally hit the optimize button without realizing it. And I I accidentally... It switched AJ Brown to putting on my bench and then taking Devontae Parker off of my bench and putting him in my lineup. And I didn't realize it until Matt had texted me. I'm actually playing Matt this week. And I didn't realize it until Matt had texted me as the game had already started. A <laughs> little bit of uh, snakishness there on my part. <laughs> I should have done a better job of checking my lineup. But yes, you should have. I was a little busy. Anyway, <laughs> I have in my notes here. He So he's playing the number 20 Bengals. So it's it's a decent matchup for him. But he's just so inconsistent that I, I don't want to put him in my lineup. I'm honestly about to drop him. He's, he's just bad. He's... He had 9.9 this week, I get, I think, which is pretty it's pretty mediocre, I pretty, guess. Yeah, pretty average. But at, from a number 1 receiver, you expect more production. Yeah, and the and the problem is is that coming into this season, we had such high hopes for him. He broke out last year. He had the connection with Fitzmagic and he was the first receiver I took in the draft. Yeah, and yet Fitzpatrick and him didn't have the connection even come right into the season they didn't and now Tua came in he wasn't getting the work he I mean he's just kind of forgotten about he hasn't performed he's he's just like Jarvis Landry basically I yes yes I would make that comparison all day long Jarvis Landry coming from Miami too (laughs) so Devontae Parker really is taking over his role yeah so if Devontae Parker could find a new team he could possibly be good just like David Montgomery <laughs> All right, relax here. No shots before. <laughs> Is that it? Yep, that's all I've got. All right, so Andrew, his wide receiver start is actually the guy that I was going to go with, but I started him last week. All right, so he was my start last week, so I went someone else. But he's going to start Justin Jefferson versus the number 25 Jags, and I agree wholeheartedly because he had a good week. Adam Thielen is on the COVID list, but. I would monitor Adam Thielen, but I, I believe either way Jefferson should have a good week. But he will 100% have a good week if Adam Thielen is not in the lineup. But Adam Thielen, we don't know. Does he? He's on the COVID list, I think but he supposedly was, tested I think, negative. I think he was deemed high risk because he was around or he was exposed or something yeah, like so that. Yeah, so contact tracing, something like that. So, well, you'll have to monitor that. There's a chance that he doesn't. Jefferson doesn't do as well if Thielen's in the game, but... Justin Jefferson's been pretty good all season long, even yes. when Thielen was in the lineup. Well, there, he he just he has a couple of games where he doesn't get it done, and and that's and it's not because 
he does bad, it's because Dalvin Cook does so well that they don't really have to throw the ball. Is Dalvin? I didn't get to watch the rest of the game last night. I know this is not receivers, but did he? Is he still injured, or did he come back into the game? Dalvin Cook? Yeah, I'm not sure. On that fumble, he on that that one fumble, he he seemed to be injured. I don't know what it was, or if he just got the wind knocked out of him, or what it was. So that that's another that's another thing to check up on then. If Dalvin Cook is not in the lineup, then you will definitely want to play Justin Jefferson. There will be a lot more throwing. The only thing I'm worried about in this game is if Adam Thielen is playing and Dalvin Cook has a really good game, I believe Justin Jefferson is not going to have a huge game. He's going to be a little bit mediocre, but I believe he's a pretty safe bet. I would go 75% sure that I would start him. So I I, I think that's a pretty good pick. His wide receivers, anything else? Say about I that. just I just want to go back to Delvin Cook. I, I just brought it I brought him up on uh, the NFL up here. It doesn't say anything about an injury, so I wonder if he just had the wind knocked out of him because I didn't get to watch the rest of that game. And it doesn't even say like questionable or anything like that, so Alright, so then Andrew Sit. <laughs> he has more than one. He says every Broncos wide receiver is gonna be on your bench. And I'm going to go ahead and agree. <laughs> they don't have a quarterback. When you don't have a quarterback on your team, you're not going to want to start the receivers. I mean, it's it's as simple as that. I think The NFL has no tolerance for they're not going to push games. Well, they, they'll push games back, but they're not going to cancel games because you don't have enough quarterbacks in, in your lineup. I heard that on the radio today that the NFL doesn't care. That's their rule. You play, and, a lot of and people, that's it. A lot of people are upset with the fact that they didn't postpone that game, but... They did it to themselves. It's not they. They were in the meeting room with no masks. They weren't following the protocols yes. and the guidelines and everything like that. The reason that all these other games are getting pushed back is because they're the teams are still doing what they're supposed to do. Obviously, it's a pandemic, and there's things that you can't. There's things that are going to happen that you can't really control, and the other teams that are following the protocols are just unfortunate to be experiencing these things. But the Broncos deliberately were not following the protocols that's why and the nfl doesn't have any tolerance for that so yeah you're right they're they're gonna they're bringing the hammer down on them basically they basically forced a loss when you don't have a quarterback yeah but that's the way it goes i mean that's just the way she goes (laughs) that's the way she goes he says but yeah denver 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 definitely became the uh the prime example for covid tolerance yeah you're not you're not gonna want to start anybody on denver no matter who it is philip Lindsay just got hurt in this past game Nobody knows who the quarterback is, and if there's no quarterback, the running game's going to suffer, so Melvin Gordon's going to have a hard time. Do you think they're going to start, what's his name, Hinton? I, I don't know who that is. <laughs> He's So, real quick here, their quarterback that they used this past week was a scout team wide receiver. He played a little bit of quarterback, I believe, in high school or college, I think, and he converted to wide receiver for the pros, but he never made it to the actual roster. He was on the, the practice squad. And because they didn't have anyone else to play quarterback, he was the only one with any sort of quarterback experience on their in their uh, organization. Yeah, organization. So that's that's why that guy started. He had zero practice reps, nothing. He he went into that game basically blind. I have to believe that they're gonna try to pick up a quarterback then, knowing that they're gonna have to play. John Elway's gonna suit back up. <laughs> Peyton Manning. Ah. Uh, could be. Peyton, if you're listening. Tim Tebow? <laughs> Any of you. But yeah, they're... Matt they're, Coons? <laughs> I mean, I'll do it for a small fee. But yeah, I never thought that the that a team could be missing a guy like Drew Locke so much. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, that's who yeah. even was their backup? Stanton? Is that is that who it is? I I, I don't know. Or is that know. or is that years ago? That was that was a while. I believe that was the Cardinals guy. But that's gonna be it for Stardom Sidum as Max had none. Come on, Max. Second week in a row we're badgering you about picks. But yeah, we'll get we'll get into the picks now. Andrew, three and and0 week for this guy. He is now twenty three and nine, and he is slaughtering us. <laughs> no one's even close to him. I was getting close, but now I had, I just had my second. He's nine games ahead of me. Yes, I just had my second one in two weeks, so I dropped down to sixteen and sixteen. Chris went three and zero for the first time. If I had a bottle of champagne, I'd pop it for you. But you are up to fourteen and fifteen, almost positive. Max picked on one game last week, and he won it, so he went one and zero. So I'm the only one that didn't go undefeated this week, and he went. He is now eleven, twelve, and one, bringing up the rear because he has picked so little, not showing up to enough podcasts, <laughs> Max. But yeah, let's Maximus Prime. Let's talk about our locks here. I had, a, I had a tough time with the locks. We're getting late into the season. It's tough for... A lot of the matchups this week are just bad. Yeah, and and we don't like we don't want to keep picking the same team. So I I don't believe I picked Miami as my lock yet, maybe early in the season. I know I've picked them as an upset, but I am going to have Miami at home beating Cincinnati as my lock. I believe Cincinnati is terrible without Joe Burrow, and I, it's not even a belief, it's a fact that they're terrible. <laughs> I don't even know who they and have starting it. I, I don't. I don't either. And then they. Uh, they also lost their running back, your guy, oh, Mixon. Yeah, Joe Mixon. That's so right. he. I don't believe he's playing. So yeah, they're in trouble. I believe that's an easy lock. What do you got? I've got. I know that this is a pretty obvious lock, but I picked uh, the lock that I went with is Vegas over the Jets. I don't. I haven't picked Vegas. I don't believe for. I think I may have picked them once, and it may have been an upset, but I haven't really talked about Vegas that much. Uh, with the way that Josh Jacobs is running, he's just he's an animal, and you're playing the Jets, so yeah. But you got to remember, they just got clowned last week. They got slaughtered. What you think that you think the Jets are gonna be? No, no, I do not. But they, I, I don't. I really don't understand them because. They they almost they beat Kansas City once. They almost beat them a second time, and then they just get they just get demolished the next week. Like what's who, going who on did, over who there? Did they, who did they play this? I week? forgot who they played. Uh, I'm not sure, but it wasn't any sort of special team. Actually, uh, I predicted. I believe yeah, they played Atlanta. They got they got slaughtered by Atlanta. Did they really? Yes, they scored wow. six points. <laughs> Was that two field goals or a missed extra point? I'm not sure. But either way, it's not yeah, good. Yeah, either way. So for for Andrew, he picked the exact same one as you. So he's going to go at the Raiders, so nothing more to be said about that. Okay. And Max does did send in his actual picks. His lock is going to be the Vikings over the Jags. So That's a, that's a toss-up of a, of a lock. I, I believe, well, Minnesota if, has been if, getting better. They now have the yeah. same record as the Bears, so... I believe they're getting a little bit better. I think they should have an easy time with the Jags. If Kirk Cousins plays the way he did last week, then I think that they'll be fine. Yeah, I think they'll be fine regardless. Jacksonville is not a good team at all. I mean, my man James Robinson, number five in the league. <laughs> all right, so upsets. My upset this week is going to be New England at the Chargers. 
I don't know how this is how the Chargers are favored because they have lost most of their games. New England hasn't been good either, but I believe that's an easy an easy so toss you, up there. So you agree with my Cam Newton start? Maybe semi, kind of. I believe he'll get the win. I believe it'll be ugly. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, I got New England. Okay. You good? Yeah, go ahead. My upset, I decided to have a little bit of fun with this one. I'm going Atlanta versus Saints. I'm picking Atlanta. All right. That's a, that's a strange upset, but anything could happen. Without Drew Brees, like you said, never know. And after they might have some confidence, they just destroyed the Raiders, like I said. Yeah, they beat they beat it. They went from one of the worst teams. In, they went from, other than the Jets, the worst team in the league, to beating a team that destroyed, well, didn't destroy, but they beat the Super Bowl reigning champs. Yep. Well, so uh, I think it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I feel like the confidence factor is going to be huge for them. Yeah. But then again, you never really know with uh, Atlanta. I just wanted to have a little bit of fun with it. Yeah. I, I mean, there's always a chance. So Andrew and Max both picked the same one as me. They picked the Patriots beating the Chargers. So we got three of us for that for that game. But prime time, we are we chose the Bills at the 49ers. So next week we may not have the the game finished yet. It is the Monday night game, so we usually record at halftime. So we may not have the full records. But I'll let you go first. Who do you got in that one? You and I talked about this before, before the the recording here it is kind of a tough decision here but i'm gonna go with bill with the bills just because they have been more consistent and the niners still are missing a few key pieces i know they're coming off of a win but i feel like the bills are just still so much so much better of of an actual football team the niners lost a key linebacker uh in the trade with saint with the saints they lost quan alexander when was that? That was last week or two weeks ago, maybe at most three weeks. I, I'm not, I don't remember exactly the timeline, but I, it was pretty recent. Yeah. All right. And well, Quan Alexander's doing really good for the Saints. He just, I, th- I think he had a touchdown this week. Yeah. All right. Well, I I have a hard time too, but I'm going to go with San Fran. I believe they're, that having Raheem Mostert and Debo back is a huge bonus for them, and their defense is still decent, even though. They lost so many pieces, like Alexander, like you said, they lost Bosa. But they, they have been not terrible defensively. I mean, they've let up some decent, decently bad games. But I the reason that I'm going with San Fran is because I don't believe in the Bills. I don't believe they're as good of a team as their record shows. They have played they have they have a terrible, terrible division, and they I mean they have a lot of easy games. They play the Jets twice. And the Patriots are nothing special. Miami's probably their only challenge in that division. And they they just had an easy schedule so far. They haven't had a real challenge. And they especially haven't really had a defensive challenge. So I believe San Francisco is going to be the best defense they've played so far. And I don't believe Josh Allen is really going to get it done. So I'm I don't think go. Nick, but I don't think Nick Mullins is going to get it done. No, but I don't either. But I believe that with this, I believe Debo is going to get it done with the screen game like he always does. And Raheem Mostert, and we all know that. Who's who's their coach? Was it Shanahan? Kyle. Kyle Shanahan. If that if that's San Fran's coach, 
he is one of the best at running the ball, his team. So with Raheem Mostert back, they finally have a real running back. And I, I believe they could win. I believe it's going to be just a hard-fought game, though. That's why we picked it. And Max and Andrew have both chosen the Bills, so I'm alone in my San Fran pick. But yeah, that's going to be it. It's going to be it for the for the week here. We'll get into the debate now. Um, it's a little not fantasy relevant, but we had some heated passion about it last night <laughs> over text. But we are going to talk close to home about David Montgomery. So, David Montgomery... Off and on, hasn't been hasn't been great, hasn't been awful, but bad line, bad team, bad coach. I th- so I'll let you start. So my, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that he hasn't been an average fantasy back. I think he average. What's his average? Like around eleven, maybe or ten. Yeah, it's around ten, I believe. I think that my expect I think my expectations for for David Montgomery were just a little bit higher than they probably should have been just because he wasn't really he wasn't really known that well in college. He played for Iowa State which, you know, hasn't this year they're pretty good, but I mean, this isn't a college football podcast, but David Montgomery in college was he was an animal, but he wasn't really known. And when the Bears got him and I found out who he was and I started watching his highlights and everything like that, I was excited for him to come to our team because I, f- I felt like he could be, like I said earlier, Thomas Jones-esque and a little bit of Matt Forte in there too. But to me, there's been so many times where there have been open holes in the line for him to run through and he just doesn't run through it. If he, hit, if he, would, if he would just hit the hole harder... Or even just try to get through the line instead of dancing around in the backfield and trying to make something happen and trying to be patient. You can't be patient with a bad line. No, uh, yeah. Because it just tough. gives it just gives the rush more time to get through, and then that's why he's trying to fight off so many guys in the backfield. I he's very athletic. He's very strong. His legs are his legs are very strong. He breaks a lot of tackles. I will give him that. He he has the potential to be very good. Definitely not on the Bears until they get. A better line or at least a few better linemen but right. so he just hasn't he just hasn't done what what I think that they thought him or what I think the Bears had hoped that he was gonna do yeah and I, I see your point like don't get me wrong I don't believe he saw he doesn't have the speed I we all know that he doesn't have the speed for to break away as we saw in that 50 whatever yard run he just had he did not score a touchdown but I believe that he is a very good back with a very bad offensive line. Now, in the NFL, you have to wait for the holes to open up. Now, I know I do agree with your point about he has to hit the hole, but I believe that's in certain situations he has to hit the hole. Like on a third and short, he should be hitting the hole instead of dancing, and he doesn't do that enough. And I believe that comes with experience, time on the offense, and a competent coach. I believe that Montgomery has done has been inconsistent and bad because of his coaching. The schemes that he runs, the crazy nonsense he runs, putting Cordell Patterson in there, it's ridiculous. And and I I think that he is a very good running back. He one stat I will ride, I don't care what you say about it. He had up to I believe it was week 9 through through the first 9 weeks, something like that. 
he had the most broken tackles in the league. That that doesn't just happen. That's because the guy gets hit two yards in the backfield on most plays. He's he he's almost always falling forward. He he just breaks a ton of tackles. He has good he has very good vision. That is one thing I will I will say he he is almost elite at is his vision. He and doesn't it, to me his vision does not seem like it when there's I'm not going to say every single play he's got a wide open hole to run through because very clearly he doesn't, but there have been a lot of times that I've seen a wide open hole whether the play is designed to go through that hole or not. If you're supposed to have elite vision, you're going to find a hole to run through and even with him dancing around in the backfield, he doesn't find that hole quick enough. That's my problem with him is he doesn't he doesn't even try yeah, to get the burst. I mean, the burst off the step. My biggest problem with him is he just doesn't try to get through the line quick enough. He just tries to that's my that's my biggest problem with him is the dancing around. And I get that he wants to be patient and I get that he's that's his style of play, but in the league and knowing that your offensive line is bad, when when's the last time that you heard anyone on the Bears say I got to give credit to my offensive line? You've never heard that. No. A but lot of other that, teams. That's what I'm trying to say is that when he he can't hit the hit the hole because there is almost never a hole. Okay, so what I'm almost never what there's I'm, a hole. What I was trying to get across last night that maybe I wasn't clear about was I agree with a lot of things that you guys say. I I still believe he does have good potential and he does have well he he's got the potential, but he just doesn't show it consistently enough because of his play his specific play style. And it it contradicts very much so to the play style that Matt Nagy wants him to run. And they just don't mix very well because it's Matt Nagy's play style, what he wants to see on the field, is not what's going to win you games in the NFL. No. And David Montgomery, I believe, has the right idea of how a running back should play in the NFL. But in terms of Matt Nagy's scheme and their offensive line, it doesn't mesh well. It doesn't mix. It's awful. But I feel like David Montgomery could do a better job of helping himself out if he would just find that hole or even the tiniest little bit of gap. You got to try to make something happen. If he if he's as good of a running back as you say he is, he's gonna find that hole no matter how small it is, and he's gonna he's gonna at least get a few a few yards instead of trying to dance around and breaking tackles in the backfield. And that, but that's what I'm trying to say is he does find that hole. He get, he's almost getting hit every play in the backfield, and he does find the the non hole that's there. I mean the non existent hole. He he breaks the tackles and he's almost always falling forward. The only time he's not and and this is I I blame the line a lot, but I you know I blame Matt Nagy one hundred percent more. I believe even with this line, if you had a competent uh, coach that had real plays that line up in, in an I formation and just run the ball, he'd be able to. But he's running nonsense outside zones. Just stupid plays, and and without, I believe if you had a competent coach, even with this line, that he would be he would be much better. Now he's not going to be elite ever with this offensive line, but I believe that he has been pretty pretty decent for what he's been given. He he's taken off the field a lot of times by Matt Nagy for God knows why to put in Cordell Patterson, and it doesn't make any sense. Matt Nagy is incompetent. When it comes to running the ball, Cordero Patterson was drafted as a receiver. First of all, just so everybody knows, I I believe he was drafted as a special teams guy. No, he was a receiver coming out of was college. He? All right, well, I mean, he but that's who he is. He's a special teams guy. That that's his mo. He has never been a good receiver in the NFL, but he's been a fantastic special teams uh, returner. But Cordell Patterson is not a running back, and 
Right. If that was the case, they should have put Devin Hester at running back. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, yeah, you got a fast guy who has good vision on kick returns, so put him in the backfield. That makes sense. But David Montgomery does not get enough credit. He even Even if you go back to the Saints game, Saints are number one against the run. He was running the ball very well. He was hitting the holes hard. He was finding the holes while waiting, too. But he was hitting the holes hard at the right time. And that's where I see growth in him. And he he was on track for a 100-point game. He had over 50 yards in the first half. Then Matt Nagy stopped running the ball. There's nothing you can do when you just don't get the ball. And it doesn't help that the Bears are behind almost every game. But David Montgomery is a good back. And if it wasn't for the coach, he would be showing it much more. Like, you, you say that he he doesn't show it consistently. He doesn't show it consistently because of the coach. That is why. And it's I not want, just the offensive line. It's me, the coach. Trust me. I want to like David Montgomery more than I do. I, I do like him. I don't hate the guy. I just don't like him. I guess... I guess maybe I don't like the scheme. And his play style meshing with the scheme because it just doesn't. Well, who's would? <laughs> I mean, who's who would mesh with the scheme? That's what I'm trying to get across is that Matt Nagy is the problem with David Montgomery, and David Montgomery is a good back. I don't I, I don't believe there's any way to say that he's not after what he's I mean, he, he in fantasy let's let's feel make like, it fantasy relevant a little bit. But I bit. feel like I feel like he does better when Tariq Cohen is in there just because they're so different that he because obviously Tariq Cohen is going to get the outside the outside plays. He's going to be running up the sideline most of the time. And then you got David Montgomery running up the middle or the outside zone type things. But he's staying close to the line. Tariq Cohen is going outside, far outside. Yeah. Almost every single time. So it's a good compliment. Yeah, I mean, I agree. But I believe that David Montgomery should be the featured back only in this offense. And... I, I believe if they just ran the ball more with him that he, I mean, he would prove it. He has proven, like I said, with all those broken tackles, he has proven that he can do it. Now, if they would just line up and run the ball, I mean, I'm trying not to get too far into debasing Nagy here and trying to keep it a little more fantasy uh, fire relevant. Everyone. Fire every single person <laughs> on that staff. But even if you look at his fantasy scores, I drafted him as a flex spot. So I was hoping for about a 10-point average. He averages 10.17. He is running back ranked 26. Now I was hoping for around 20, a little bit better than that. But he has missed basically two games. He had he missed the Tennessee game when he got concussed. He missed most of that game. And then he, and then he missed the Minnesota game. But overall, he hasn't really been bad. I mean, with the he had 10 carries against Tampa Bay and 11.9 fantasy points. Indianapolis, very tough defense. He only had 10 rushes for 27 yards, but he made it up in the receiving game. And he do, he doesn't have a lot of touchdowns, but that is a credit to Matt Nagy's maybe, offense. Maybe maybe my maybe I've got tunnel vision when it comes to David Montgomery because of the amount of times I've seen him again not go through a wide open hole. I guess maybe it's skewed my judgment of him because I mean, I you're, I mean, you're right. He has he has pretty decent points. There's been a few bad weeks. He's got one, like, the Tennessee game. That was the one you said he got. Concussed. He was injured there. His worst game has been Atlanta, actually. And that was a game where the offense wasn't clicking. But overall, I th- he hasn't been very consistent with the, for okay, you. Okay, well, the, well, with these numbers, man, if he... Okay, I see what you're saying. If the, 
obviously everybody knows the Bears line is is just absolutely awful. So if he's been able to put up numbers like this with a better line, he could be or he would be very very good. And I I was actually I did, I wasn't talking to you about this, but I believe that one lineman would make the difference on this team. One one left tackle and Montgomery would be much better. The quarterback would be protected more. And like I said, I'm not trying to get too into Bears. We're trying to talk about Montgomery here. But one, and I believe they're gonna try to add a, a, a one lineman at least coming into next year. If Pace is smart, well, he's not. But <laughs> David Montgomery is a very good running back, and it's all coaching. It's all coaching, and partially the line and the line schemes. Just the type of plays that he's being forced to run are so stupid, and it's the scenarios that he's being put in. See, the thing- it has nothing to do with him. He he himself is a great back. I believe he. I believe well, he is a great back. You can't call him great if, regardless, a great player is going to find a way to make more consistent plays. But that that's what I'm trying to say is that, like, even with his limited opportunities and his and the stupid play calls, he still makes things happen. He breaks tackles. He gets first downs. He, I mean, he he produces fantasy wise to a point. Like I said, a flex spot. He's a good flex spot. Which is what I drafted him as, and and you you can't really expect too much more, and especially with the the way this offense has been, I believe he has outperformed his expectations, and he is one of the two bright spots on the offense. Him and Robinson. Okay, just like you said, I don't want to get too far in depth on the Bears, but one thing that makes me, as a Bears fan, one thing that extremely irritates me is that you look at a lot of teams, just using this as an example. Baltimore, they changed their entire offense for specifically for Lamar Jackson. Yes, and you see how well it's worked for them. Mm-hmm. Why can't the Bears? Why can't Matt Nagy is so like high strung on his ways and everything that he wants, and it just doesn't work. And he when he finally handed the play calling over to Bill, what? How do you say it? Laser, Bill Lazor? Laser. He. It was too late in the season. Like the team, you can't play sixty percent of a season or seventy percent of a season, and then all of a sudden try to change everything up. You you just can't do it. It's not going to work. No, but but I I will say that I believe that helps Montgomery. This game against Green Bay was his first game back uh, uh, since his concussion. His first game with Bill Lazor calling the plays. He ended with twenty points, and and the twenty was a garbage time touchdown, and one of them was a long run against a bad Green Bay defense, but I believe Bill Lazor lets him run the ball more like a running back and less like... Well, the thing that makes the Bears so bad is Matt Nagy refusing to change anything. Yes. He thinks that he came into the league as a head coach. Well, he he was an assistant with the Chiefs or whatever he was on the Chiefs, and then when he got the head coaching job, he thought he was, you know, the high man, you know, or the... Whatever you want to say, he thought he was he thought he was the shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. And For they lack had of a better term. <laughs> yeah. So they they had one good year because he was new and nobody had played against him as a head coach and all these plays that he had designed and everything like that were working great for them in 2018 until Cody Parkey double double doinked us. Ever since then, everybody knows our offense now. Yes. The entire league can stop us. The jet. If we played the Jets this season, they would stop us. Yeah. But but look okay so let's now that we kind of wrapped up that let's get more back into Montgomery here looking ahead for Montgomery for the rest of the season including the playoffs 
He has a fantastic schedule. I, I'm going to have him, because I'm going to most likely be in the playoffs. Don't want to jinx it, but I'm probably going to be in the playoffs. He's going to be in my lineup well, every score week. score changes. Dallas Goddard is back down to zero. <laughs> so he played Green Bay, number 30, against the run, 20 points. On, and he only had 11 carries, and he got 103 yards. One of, I, I understand that one of them was a 50-yard run, but 103 yards on 11 carries is very good. 9.4 yards average. Coming into the next few weeks, he's got Detroit, number 32 against the run. Houston in week 14, which is the first week of our playoffs, number 31 against the run. Then he's got Minnesota, who's number 15, but we all know that they're not very good against the run. And then he wraps it up at week 16, Jacksonville, number 28. So for the rest of the season, he is going to be good. If, okay. And especially if Bill Lazor keeps calling plays, I believe he, he will be much better with Bill Lazor calling the plays and playing these atrocious teams. I believe he's going to be a fantasy, not stud, but I believe he's going to move from a flex guy to a running back too in these, next, in, in these last few weeks of the fantasy season. Do you have any disagreements with that at all? I just... How about this? Do you think he's going to perform consistently throughout the rest of the year? I think he... To be honest... Assuming I, he stays healthy. Well, I mean, let's just leave that out of it. Yeah. But I think I think he can... If, if Bill Lazor calling the plays really does help him, I guess we'll find out in... This next week is going to be very crucial to my judgment of him and Bill Lazor. Him and Bill Lazor's, you know, I don't really want to say relationship because... But Bill Lazor calling the plays and David Montgomery running those plays, this week is going to be pretty uh, crucial for me in terms of how much I... In which way my opinions get skewed yes. for David Montgomery. If he Montgomery. can have another good game... Again, I just want to reiterate, I'm not... I don't hate David Montgomery. I don't think he's a bad back. I just think... There's things that he can definitely improve, and he can be what I thought he was gonna be. Yeah, I think I think my biggest problem was that I just had such high expectations that it just hasn't really come to fruition. And a lot of it, you're right, has to do with the line. A lot of it has to do with the coaching and the play calling and all that stuff. So there's a lot of things that you cannot fault him for, but there's in terms of his play style, there's there's things that I do fault him for. And, and that's, I think the only things you could fault him for specifically are not his fault. So I don't think you can really fault him. I believe the only thing you can really fault him for, like you said, is not hitting the hole hard enough on, and like I said, in certain situations, he has to hit the hole harder. He's right. got to be more, he's got to have more awareness on offense in certain situations. But for the most part, I believe he's doing everything that he can with an awful situation. Now, how about, how about this one? So going in, let's you're look. getting you're, you're you know explaining it in person is a lot better than you know the text <laughs> conversation. Yes. And so you're I'm I'm leaning a little bit over the fence here, but <laughs> so that is a debate win for this guy. Uh, we'll call it uh we'll call it sixty forty. <laughs> I don't know, but uh fifty five forty five. Deal. <laughs> That's worse. <laughs> But, okay, so let, let's look ahead even further, just real quick for about two minutes, and then we'll wrap it up here. But looking ahead to next season, I'm going to give you two two scenarios. Number one, Matt Nagy stays the coach. Are you going to have any interest in taking David Montgomery 
as your flex spot running back? Who's calling the plays? I'm assuming that Matt Nagy would be calling the plays unless he starts. Let Let's just let. Well, I going into this same it, same situation as we were going into this year. You think that next season they would take the play calling away from Bill Lazor? Depend. It depends on how Lazor does with it. The next over the le- the the last few yeah. games of the season. Yep. Which he has not overall has not done very well. I. <laughs> I really, but for I, Montgomery, I believe he's done. Well. I do want to see Montgomery do very well, and that has nothing to do with me being a Bears fan. It's just because I, I am a type of person that loves to see people come out of college that do very well in college. I love college football, and honestly, I didn't even know who David Montgomery was until they drafted him. Yeah, I don't follow Iowa State that closely, but I would love, I would love to see David Montgomery do good. But what do you think's gonna happen if if Nagy's still the coach? What do you think? You think top 24? Running backs? Yep. Yeah. Running back two. Right now, he's only 26. And he's had a not terrible season. It's it's hard, though, because when, when Tariq Cohen is in the lineup, I feel like they favor Tariq Cohen. I don't believe so. I think Montgomery, like you said, is better with Tariq Cohen in there. And I so far, it seems to me that Cordell Patterson is on the field more than Tariq Cohen was. Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand doesn't, that. It doesn't make sense. But, okay, let's get into a second scenario as we're almost out of time here. But let's say any other coach comes in. Are you a lot Matt more Patricia? interested? <laughs> Except Matt Patricia or Dan Quinn. But let's say a different, like, somewhat competent coach. They bring in somebody else and possibly one lineman. Let's say they bring in a, a left tackle who's better than Leno. Anyone how is how much anyone is exactly <laughs> so just a left tackle then but how much more interested how much how much do you think he climbs having more competent coaching and one extra lineman well does he does he run more consistently to the left i i'm not sure but leno is the worst part of their line in my opinion so i'm just saying let's say they have i don't believe it's more consistently either way i believe it's an it's an even mix but just what do you think? What do you think? How far up do you think he climbs in that situation? Like, where do I think he'll end up ranked? Yeah, so if if you're going to say... I think he Like, could... 24 with Nagy. Let's say we're going to say 24 with... Let's say 25, just outside of it. Where How how many spots do you think he climbs with a more competent play caller? In terms of... So, for, a, for scenario one, I think that he stays the same as he has been with Nagy. Okay. So, about it's, 26. Okay, yeah. So, towards the... Well, it's hard to say bottom end of the league because there's so many running backs. In yeah, the league. it's not bottom end of the league, but it's 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 a flex. That's a flex spot, basically. Okay, so outside I think, the top twenty four. I think it depends. I mean, it's hard to say what he'll be with a different coach because that's hypothetical. We have no idea who the yeah, coach could but, or would be. So. But let's say the play calling is better and they give Montgomery more traditional runs. They give him more carries and not stupid carries. And they adapt more to his play style. Yes. I if he if they if they design plays more for David Montgomery's play style, he could be top fifteen. Okay, so here's what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna rest. That's what I'm saying. I'm gonna he, rest my case here. But what I'm saying, you is, believed Montgomery is a good back too. Then I yeah, I never said he wasn't I know, a good back. I know. I and I also said I don't hate the guy. I I, I understand. Also, I've I also said he has very high potential. But you you uh, you are alluding to my point here that it's one hundred percent on Nagy and partially on the line, and it's not on Montgomery very much at all. 
there's a lot of things, like I said, there's a lot of things that he can definitely improve on. There's a lot of things anyone can improve on. Yeah, but that's the same. But just just the fact that you said he could be top 15 with competent play calling and one extra lineman leads me to believe that you are on my side in this debate. I, I think what had happened was maybe I didn't do a very good job of explaining last night. And maybe that's why I didn't think that you guys didn't understand me or you weren't paying attention enough or whatever. Maybe I just didn't explain very well. Like I said, coming out of college, I really liked him. I just had very high expectations that were not met because of maybe the play calling and the coaching and the line. Yes. Well, I think that pretty much wraps it up, though. I and So, yes, I do I, I, I do agree with you. Now that we've talked about it in person, I do agree yeah, with you. Yeah, okay. And my, Montgomery is a very good start for the playoffs, I believe. I'm not going to put him as my start of the week anymore, but... Just if you're listening to this one, you're going to want to keep him in your lineup probably as your running back too or your flex spot if you have two good running backs. But that is pretty much going to be it for us. We're going to wrap it up here. Follow us on Twitter. We are at FFDebaters. And we would love to hear from some fans, answer some questions, debate topics, criticism, anything. Next week, Andrew will be back. Also, hello. Max should be back. Also, hello to our uh, United Kingdom friends over there. Yes, sir. We got a follow on Twitter from a fantasy football group in the UK. Shout out, you guys. I forgot your guys' name, but yeah, if you ever, if you have, if you have any anything you want to hear about, UK, US, anywhere in the world, let us know and tell your friends to listen. And we will see you next week. <laughs>